0: about this weekend, we have uh, we've been just kind of to the wall with ministry going on. We did the uh, hot cocoa last night up in, in town, and and I thought I was going to sweat to death last night. It was so hot up there. Um, oh my gosh, for those of you who helped with the choir, thank you so much. For those who helped with the cocoa, thank you. Uh, for those of you who helped, you were blessed. Uh, we gave out ski caps, gloves, uh, and the thing that got so many of you is the kids came up last night, you all know, m- most of you know how cold it was, they came out without any hats on, without any gloves, and what we have is, Walmart were, were good enough to give it to us, it was clearance stuff, a couple of years, pre-COVID, and every year we bring those out, and uh, a lot of kids went home last night with, with, with warm heads, and and warm hands, so I appreciate you guys doing that, and if you were a part of that, you were blessed, but but you blessed Chester last night, and I, I thank you so much, you just, thank you, ma'am and I thank you for that. Wednesday night, we lit up the Christmas tree down in, in the front of the gazebo, and uh, I'm struggling with some creeping cred in my chest, so I kind of kept my, way, uh, my, my, my distance from everybody, and I'm over here on the side, and Santa Claus comes up, rose up in a uh, fire truck, and Mrs. Claus and Santa Claus come out, and you know, it's a big deal, bands cranking up, mayor's there, and I'm over there, I'm just taking it in, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't feel good, i just as soon been home, all right, and I'm standing there to the side, waiting to do my thing, which is just pray, and like a little seven-year-old, eight-year-old girl comes up, and she's about from here to a little partial pew from me, and she's about this tall, her eyes just shine whenever Santa Claus comes walking down the aisle. And I'm, I'm hoping to make eye contact with her. You know, I say, hey, is that cool? She doesn't even look at me, man. She doesn't look at me at all. Her eyes is on Santa and Mrs. Claus. Her mouth is agape, her eyes are wide, and I began to think about, I remember doing that. I remember being that kid. I mean, not a girl. I never had an issue with that, you know. But I remember looking at Santa Claus like, oh, man, I can't wait to get up on this dude's lap and tell him what I want, you know. And that's exactly what that little girl was doing. I mean, anybody in the world other than Santa Claus would not have got her attention. But, man, she was focused on him. And I thought, man, what? I miss being a kid at Christmas time. And I remember Irma Bombeck did a quote one time. She said, really the saddest thing in the world is wake up on Christmas morning and not be a child. And I got that, man. When I look at that little kid, I was like, man, I I wish I had that wonder back. Uh, And when when Mrs. Bombeck said that, I I think she's right. But I think there's something something probably a little bit worse. It's when you hear the message of the Christ of Christmas and you don't receive it uh, like a child. Uh, you've you've probably seen paintings of Jesus and how he interacted with kids and and Jesus was a revolutionary at, at that time kids were seen and not heard they were kind of kept at a distance and apparently Jesus's ministry didn't have much of a uh, of a nursery program because uh, people started bringing their kids you know and that that was kind of non-typical and the disciples Again, this is the first century. You, you keep those kids at, at distance. Let them be seen and not heard. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 says People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked him. They wanted Jesus to bless their kids. That's all there was going on. Uh, when Jesus saw this, Jesus was what? What would be a redneck translation of the word indignant? Can we go with ticked off? You comfortable with that? Jesus was angry. He said to them, y'all, let the little children come to me, and don't hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Now, I want you to notice that Jesus doesn't say childlike faith. You don't see childlike faith in the New Testament. Childlike faith is a word that we've kind of uh, juxtaposed on that or projected onto it so we'll have a better understanding of it. But Jesus doesn't say childlike faith. He says, come to me like a child. So come to me like a child. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and he blessed them. Matthew 18, verse 2 and 3. Jesus said he called a little child and had him set and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like one of these little children. You will not enter the kingdom of God. Again, you don't see that childlike faith mentioned anywhere. It's always Jesus saying, Come to me like a child, with that child's sense of wonder and that child's sense of amazement and that awe struck look on that little girl's face like, He's here. Y'all, everyone, whether we realize it or not, we we do act with faith, okay? We'll kind of uh, take that childlike faith from the side of it because I do want to talk about faith. We, We all have faith. Man, when you get in your car and you're on the road and you're going towards Sparta or wherever and there's another car coming at you going 60 miles an hour with six foot in between you two, cousin, that's faith. We operate with faith every single day, whether we want to know it or not. When you order food from your favorite restaurant, you're hoping the person behind the counter makes your food right and doesn't do anything stupid. That's faith. And you've seen some of them people. If you look at your weather on the phone, that app, you decide, hey, I need to put on a jacket or maybe I need to take an umbrella with me. You're putting faith in that app that the weather forecast is going to be okay. We, not, we understand what faith is. We operate with the level of faith every day. And you may have heard that phrase, having a faith like a child or childlike faith in reference to Christ. Although the Bible doesn't use that term, I will tell you what the Bible does say about faith. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, verse 11, that faith is this. It's the confidence of things hoped for, and it's the assurance or the promise about what we don't yet see. We just receive it. Other than humbling ourselves, realizing who we are in the food chain, if you will, realizing that we're just babies, we're kids, we don't have all the answers. Other than coming to God humbly, how else do we come to Him like a child? What's the other building blocks that we have to have with us in order to do that? Well, number one, let me kind of let me tell you how I understand this verse. Uh, as as a dad, I've been around kids a little bit, and this is what I notice. Number one, children will completely trust you. They're vulnerable because of their trust. Sometimes their trust is what gets them in in trouble, and it's that trust that kids naturally have that makes them both vulnerable and awesome at the same time. You go up to a kid and you do this to them. You say, I got your nose. They'll believe it. And that's also what makes them awesome. Because they have this tremendous amount of trust in you. Number two, what I know about kids is that they are question-asking machines. They'll talk about anything. It doesn't matter if they don't know anything about it. They'll just keep asking questions. They have a natural inclination to want to know how the world works. They have a natural inclination to want to know how things how things move. And so they'll ask questions. It doesn't matter where they're at. In fact, you could be with your kids and they, you might be with your mother-in-law. Papa, how come you don't... Or, or Dad, how come you don't like... How come you don't like Mama, whatever? What are you doing? Don't say that in front of them. Or your kids might say... How come you say that mom acts like her mom in front of mom? They just ask questions, always at the inappropriate time, but they're they're naturally curious. The Bible says, hey man, try that out. James 1 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him do what? Ask. Ask God the questions you have. Perhaps we should ask more questions of God. Now, the more questions we ask, the more we're compelled. And here's the thing. The more questions we ask, the more compelled we are to get in Scripture and get the answer. The more questions we have, the more compelled we are to get into the Word to see what the relevance is and how it plays into our lives. The more we ask those questions, we dig into the Word of God, and we get to test drive these things out for ourselves once we know what the Word of God says. Number three. Uh, You don't ever have to wonder what a child wants because they'll tell you. Children ask for what they need. If they're hungry, they'll let you know. If they're thirsty, they'll let you know. If they're wet, they'll let you know. If they want dry clothes, they'll let you know. They're wanting their needs met. So if there's a need in a kid's life, you know. And whether they're toddlers or whether they're in college, if they need something, they'll let you know. Part of being a kid. Fourthly. Kids make a lot of mistakes. You remember back when you were a kid? Jeffrey? Made a lot of mistakes, didn't we? It's part of growing up. We expect messes out of them. We expect them not to pick up stuff. They make mistakes, but they learn to do better, and so do we. Y'all, as... As people who come to Christ like a child, you don't ever come to Him perfect. In fact, if you're waiting to come to Him until you get your life straightened up, you've got the, uh, the cart ahead of the horse. Don't wait till you're good enough to go to God. Go to God and He will make you good. He'll clean you up. He'll take care of you. Children make a lot of mistakes as they learn, and so do we. These are the ways we can seek the kingdom of heaven like a child. As we stand, we're 21 days away from Christmas. Isn't that crazy? 21 days. UPS man won't even stop at my house anymore. He just slows down and throws out packages. As we stand 21 days from Christmas and lots of us are getting our Christmas shopping done, I want to unpack really more what it means to come to Christ like a child. Children are known for their pure belief. They are known for their trust. And as Christians, I think there's something we can learn from that kind of trust. The Bible says, I'm going to just refresh your memory. He called the little children to him, placed the child among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change, say change, unless you change and become like a child, you're never going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes that lowly position, that humility of a child, is actually the greatest in the kingdom. Whoever welcomes one like that child in my name welcomes me. Church, what does it mean to become like a child? Now, I, I don't really know, but I, do, I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's easy to come to God as a child, especially as we get older. In Matthew 18, Jesus tells us that whoever takes that lowly position as a child is the greatest in the kingdom of God. Now, putting ourselves in that lowest position is humility. Realizing that we don't have it all figured out, that we're not the sharpest, uh, we're not the sharpest bowl in the bowl drawer. We're not the we're not the, we're not the greatest looking. We're not, we're not we're not the smartest. We're not the best. We're we're not any of those things. We just are who we are, and that takes some humility. It just means accepting yourself where you are and you realize, okay, God, here I am, but I'm all yours. Here I am, I'm messed up, but I belong to you. Coming to Jesus as a child requires putting aside our wills, our opinion, our of ourselves, our misconceptions. We have to admit that we don't always know what's best for ourselves. We don't always get all the right answers. We've got to admit that we mess up sometimes. Children often have very little control over their lives. When the kids were growing up in our house, we told them when to go to bed, when to get in the shower, when it's time to do laundry, what time they need to wake up, what their chores are, what's expected of them. They didn't have a whole lot of freedom. They had a lot of expectations. Children have very little control over their lives, and I guess that's the way it's supposed to be, all right? We turned out okay. In fact, as mom and dads, it's your job to make sure that you grow those kids up in a way that they're going to be useful adults like you and me. That's what it takes. Yet in healthy circumstances, children embrace the fact that, you know what, I don't have a lot of control in my life. I'm just a kid, so I'm going to have to trust my mom or dad, or whoever God's put in my life to be my guardian. Uh, I'm just going to have to trust them. I understand that, uh, you know, I'm thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. I, I, I'm a kid. I'm going to have to trust the people that I'm with. They trust that their parents know what's best for them. Their teachers know what's best for them. Uh, and so they, they can put their faith in those that that are looking over them. Now, church, most adults don't embrace uh, putting their reliance and trust on other people the way children do. Have you ever noticed that you have to teach children not to trust strangers? Because their default mode is to trust. Their default mode is to believe. Their default mode is to to think everybody's cool. You actually have to train them and teach them and equip them. that There's a lot of bad players out there but their natural tendency is to trust in some ways that's good because uh, in some ways it's good because it protects us against being hurt when you know, we, we you know we you know what you don't trust everybody because some people are out to hurt you i don't think that's what this bible's saying at all i don't think it says you know just assume everybody's going to hold your hand and sing kumbaya and i don't think that's what it says at all in fact the bible says be wise and be shrewd you know, be careful kids aren't wise they're not shrewd they're not careful and that's how things happen however in other ways embracing trust and faith like a child's beneficial Coming to Christ like a child as an adult doesn't mean that we trust blindly. We just, oh, we just we're just gonna do whatever the Bible, we're just gonna believe, we're just gonna believe. We don't we don't know any facts, we don't know anything else, we're just gonna believe. That's not the type of faith I don't think that, that we're really talking about. I don't think it's a blind faith. In fact, I think it's just the exact opposite. I'm gonna tell you what I mean by that. If I would tell one of those little kids down in children's church, Pastor Mike and Miss Pam, we've got a puppy outside by the side-by-side. They're gonna say, what kind of puppy is it? And they don't even they don't even know I rode the side by side over. What kind of puppy is it? It's stupid. Oh, really? Oh, let me go see it. And so they're all jacked about it and they want to see this stupid dog out there. But eventually they're gonna go out, they're gonna to go to the front of the church, go over here to the library, they're gonna to go over to my side by side, and they're gonna look for the dog. Now, if there's no dog out there, guess what? They're not going to trust me anymore. But as soon as I go out there and the dog's out there, they come back, and you're right, there's a stupid dog out there by your side-by-side. It's awesome. But they're going to go to check. They're going to go to make sure that I was telling them the truth. And if what you're saying adds up, and there's a dog outside, when they go to look, the fact is they'll strengthen their trust in you. They'll believe you. Look at this verse. 1 Peter 3, 15, put in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you and give the reason for the hope that you have. This is what that verse means to me. God has given me promises. He's given me hope. He's told me that He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He says that He loves me. He has spiritual gifts for me. He lives inside of me. My Father has given all these promises to me. And guess what? I found every one of them to be true. He's proven himself to us. He's shown himself to us. And so the more that happens, the more we trust. Church, when the Bible says, talks about being like a child, it doesn't mean we shouldn't be uneducated. It doesn't mean that uh, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have reasons for the we shouldn't have reasons for the things that we believe or why we believe the things we believe. The Bible is saying, hey, man, know what you know. Know the Word of God and let your faith be nourished and grow from that. When the Bible talks about being like a child, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't know the Bible. It's saying know it and believe it. Church, coming to Him like a child means we, A, number one. I'm almost done, really. It means this. We have no preconception. We have no preconception of reality. Now, that's fancy. What's that mean? You ever notice how kids they are okay with magic? Kids believe in magic. doesn't have to make sense to them. They don't have to figure it all out. Kids are predisposed to believe in the impossible. Kids are predisposed to believe in the improbable. Kids believe things that adults would never believe. Because that is who they are. They believe in magic. In fact, they expect magic. Now, Brother Mike, what are you saying about magic? I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is this. When the impossible happens in a child's life... They're cool with it. They'll just go on. When a miracle happens in a kid's life, cool. What next? They operate where they don't have to understand everything. They don't have any preconceived idea of reality. They're just operating in a sense of wonder and awe. Church, have you read the Bible of the God that you and I serve? The one that spoke creation into existence? The one that parted the Red Sea? The the, the one that... That the one that turned water into wine. The one that raised the dead. The one that healed the blind. Church, we serve a God that has done some crazy things. And guess what? I'm okay with that because I believe every word of it. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to think that somehow the world went through a natural process and there was dry land on the Red Sea and things like that. I remember being in a class in college that said the Red Sea was actually translated, uh, should have been translated Reed Sea because the part that they think that Moses only went in was about six to eight inches deep when they went over so it wasn't that big of a deal. I'm going to tell you what immediately spoke in my spirit was this. Praise God, if God drowned all the Egyptians in a sea wouldn't it be cool if it just happened in six inches of water? That's a bigger miracle to me. I don't got to know it all. I believe it all. Because you see, my reality is not based upon what I see here in these dimensions. Because my, 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 my reality is, is on the other side. This place is not my home. Heaven is my home. So do I believe in miracles, cousin? I count on miracles. I have to have them in my occupation. I have to have them. And when, when something incredible or improbable happens to a kid, they're cool with it. Let me remind you something. Nothing is impossible with our God. Nothing. Cancer can be cured. Diabetes could be cured. Can be cured. Broken relationships can be mended. Addiction can be broken. That's our God. So, a kid has no preconception of reality. To them, everything's possible. What about you, Christian? Everything possible to you? That's what it means. Come to him like a child. Secondly, most kids know how to accept a gift. Give a kid a gift, and and, and very few of them will say, Oh, I don't deserve this. Please give this to somebody else who really needs it. I've not seen that happen. They take it, and man, paper is flying everywhere, bows and ribbons, elbows and knees, and, and man, they're jacked, and they're getting that. Woo! They don't say, oh, I didn't need it, or I don't deserve it. They say, Woo, thank you so much. Kids are born dependent at birth. And they receive gladly uh, with an unself unselfconscious uh, 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 spirit to them. They don't debate whether they deserve it or whether they're worthy of it or what the etiquette of, 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 uh, of uh, reciprocation would be. Oh, let me get you something now. Oh, they just receive the gift. They, oh, that's awesome. How do you respond when God gives you a gift? Oh, oh, I don't deserve it. Oh, I give it to somebody else. Lord, who needs it? I got a feeling that our Heavenly Father says, just open the gift and smile and say thank you. Yeah. Just enjoy it. If I gave you what you deserved, you wouldn't have much, Mike. I'm giving it to you because you're my kid and I love you. All I want you to do is say thanks and enjoy it. So. Come to Him like a child means you have no fixed preconception of reality. That doesn't mean you're living in a fairy tale land. It just means you serve a God that's bigger than anything that you're going to deal with. Know how to accept a gift. Thank you, Lord. Number three, know how to trust. Kids know how to trust. Um, Mom and I grew up, we could raise our kids right across the road. It's cool. This has been a blessing. Preachers do not get the. Very few preachers get an opportunity to raise their family at one church, okay? And that was kind of our goal, and you guys have helped—you guys have let us do that. Thank you so much. Uh, I feel sorry for those preachers' kids that go from church to church to church. It's not cool. Um, But every Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whenever, Sunday nights, uh, when when we would come to church— the rule was when we got to the road over there on the other side of State Street to come over to the church, our kids would have to hold our hands. They don't get in the road until you hold our hands till so Mom or I are there and we'll, we'll take you across. Um, there's big trucks come through here, moving, haul and tail. Uh, cars come through here, haul and tail. But regardless of how quick or heavy the traffic was, whenever those kids were there by us and we were holding their hands, they could care less. In fact, when they were holding our hands, they wouldn't even bother looking. And we're looking, and we'll take them across the road. They didn't know how much traffic was going. They didn't know how how close the traffic was. They didn't know how fast it was moving. they could have cared less, that's okay because I've got mom or dad's hand. Church, they trust They trusted mom and dad. They're going to take care of me. I want you to think about between you and God. You know what kind of stuff's flying down the roads in your life. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's bankruptcy. Maybe it's disease. Maybe it's, maybe it's a threat of divorce. Maybe it's a threat of unemployment. Maybe it's a threat of not having anything for your kids for Christmas. Maybe you don't get along with your kids and you don't know how things are going to go this year. Maybe you buried a spouse recently, but you've got all this stuff going on in your life, and you're just scared to death. I don't know how I'm going to make it to the other side. God said, hey, don't worry about it. I can see both sides. Just put your hand in mine. I'll walk you across. Friends, I think that's kind of the things that Jesus is talking about. To come to him like a child. Lord, I'm just going to put my hand in yours because I know it's a big world out there and I know the enemy's out there. I know that that he, I know that he wants to take me down and, and, and Lord, I'm just going to hold your hand and I'm going to trust you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with me. And by the way, some of you say, well, Brother Mike, that valley of the shadow of death doesn't sound like a, a pleasant place. You're right, but can I ask you something? Would you rather get hit by a Mack truck or the shadow of a Mack truck? I will tell you which one I would rather have. And when them boys were standing alongside that road, we had lots of shadows hit us, but never a truck. And my friend, you might be in the middle of a valley right now, and you're surrounded by the shadows of death. But can I tell you what? Nobody's ever died from a shadow. And your daddy's got your hand. But your faith is childlike, but it is not childish. And the difference is real. Um, have you ever heard of a cell phone ringtone that, junior, some of you in education, you probably have. Uh, there's a, a ringtone that uh, only kids can hear. It's a uh, super high frequency. The, the, uh, the older we get, the the less we hear high frequency noises. And we, I tried this out in practice. I'm going to see how this works. Okay. Uh, a, uh, a mosquito has a, a frequency of its buzz, I think it's like at 17.4 kilowatts. And a, a child can hear it, but us old folks can't. Uh, anybody hear that? Young people? You? You guys hear it? You hear it, Lisa? Anybody else hear it? Raise your hand if you hear it. Okay, I want you to look around with the exception of two or three. Most of them are young, right? I'm gonna, I I don't know about the rest of you guys. I think you're just trying to hold on to youth. I don't really know if you hear it. In fact, I'm not playing anything, so there you go. Yeah. All right. How many of y'all think I, they didn't hear anything? Yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, all right. They're crazy. But that no, was real tone. Um, how many you hear that? All right, everybody should hear this. Okay. Still hear it? It's off. I'm online. I'm lying, I'm lying. Off. What happens is those, those tones, like 17.4 and below, the young kids, 17.4 kilowatts, uh, the young kids can hear it, but us older people can't. What they're doing in study hall in school, they'll make their ringtone, that mosquito thing, so the teacher can't hear them, But they can hear it in class, and they're getting texts and things, and the teacher's totally oblivious to it. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's smart thinking, man. That's smart. Uh, But when you're younger, you hear those high-frequency tones better. And as we're older, we lose the ability to hear those those high-frequency noises. Follow me. I'm almost done. When we first come to Christ... You remember how you heard him, Virg? Yeah. My God, it was like God was speaking to me with a boombox up on eleven. And it seems like the older I get, the wiser I get. Sometimes I have a harder time hearing God. I have a hard time hearing His voice or hearing that frequency. I want you to ask yourself, how's your hearing? Have you lost that that ability to hear him the way you did when you were a child in the faith? Or do you still hear him like that? And here's the thing God can restore that hearing today. God's still speaking, he hasn't stopped. Just as our ability to detect the sounds of high frequency deteriorates as we get older, our sensitivity to that spiritual frequency sometimes also gets diminished. And that's why Jesus cautioned that when we come to him, we come to him like a child. And it's that humility and that innocence of a child that makes it possible for us to hear the voice of God. So we either come to God early in life, so where we can hear Him, we don't have all these distractions. How many of you got saved before you were? How many of you got saved under the age of sixteen? Raise your hand. Good and proud. Look around. How many of you got saved uh, under the age of sixteen? All right, you can put them down. Uh, Do you see them? How many of you got saved after sixteen? How many of you got saved after thirty? Three, four, five. The older we get. The older we get, the less likely we are to hear. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them and said, Y'all, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What can you do this week to become more like a child In your relationship with God. Maybe some of you need to start believing in miracles. Expect them. You just need to start expecting God to start moving in your life in a powerful way. In a way you can not understand. A way you can't track. A way you can't quantify. It just is. Some of you need to trust God. You need to stay close to Him. You need to cling to Him. You need to embrace Him. You need to hold His hand. Some of you need to learn how to accept the gifts God's given you. With joy. Stop beating yourself up. Stop beating yourself up over God being good to you. He wants you to be blessed. And even when things aren't well in your life, He still loves you. Even when things aren't going perfect, He still loves you. So learn how to accept the gifts with joy, with smile, and with thanksgiving. I like to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes as my team comes forward and we go into the next part of the service. Oh, my dear friends, this morning... What do you need to do this week to become more childlike in your relationship to him? Some of you need to embrace the fact that miracles happen, they do happen and God has a miracle for you. Expect it. Some of you need to double down on trusting God. It means you stay close to him. You put your hand in his hand. It means you trust him to take you across the road. Means you you trust him to keep you out of the line of the Mack trucks. Some of you just need to say thank you for what God's given you. You need to say thank you for the gift you've given me, Lord, with joy, the smile on your face and thank him for it. Almighty God, as we come to you right now, I just pray that we would we would make a, a concentrated, concerted effort on to be more childlike with you with the way we trust you with the way we embrace you and the way we worship and the way we serve and the way we love you father greater you and father you're so great you're in us and you're greater than anything out there in the world and so pop I just pray that we would embrace you for all that you are And it's in Christ's name we pray. And the church said, Amen.